Hey guys, welcome back to another mini episode of our mini series, How to Market Your Home Staging Business. And just a quick reminder that I'm teaching the free training on marketing on next Tuesday. So we talk about many different marketing strategies this week and gave you many tips. And again, today we have five tips for you on how to build a consistent clientele for your home staging business. But next Tuesday, I'm really going to put them all together and I'm going to show you four strategies that I think are very effective that you can definitely leverage immediately in your home staging business. So definitely do come to our live training next Tuesday because you're also going to be be able to ask your questions live and I can answer them in a time frame as much as I can. So if you haven't registered, just go to sagemore.com slash free training. And I'm super excited to announce this that we are opening our enrollment for the Six Figure Floor Plan Mastermind course today. So as a podcast listener, as usual, you have a $100 off that you can use until next Tuesday night. Um, you get $100 off of the uh, full payment tuition. So if you're interested in enrolling, just go to our website, sagemore.com. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Or you can go to sixfigurefloorplan.com. Um, you can sign up for the free training there and you can scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a button that says enroll in the course. When you click on that, you can see all the information, all the goodies that we're going to be giving for this round of mastermind. I'm super excited. And see a click of FP Staging, who's a frequent speaker at Risa. She's going to come on and be a guest mentor to teach a course on how to build your brand and also how to build luxury home staging clientele. We're also going to have an hour of um, live Q&A with her. So it's really, really exciting. I am just super excited to welcome all the people who are coming in for our October course. That is happening on 21st, but our enrollment, the early bird is going to end on Tuesday, October 15th. So make sure you take advantage of it now if you're interested in enrolling. And as usual, if you have any questions about that, feel free to shoot me an email through the website or you can DM me on Instagram. The links to sign up for the free training and um, to check out what Six Figure Floor Plan is about are also in our Instagram profile. So you can just go to the link there and just go to instagram.com slash stage for more to find out more information. All right, let's get to it. Hi guys, so welcome to day five. I'm super happy you guys are here. So today it's day five. We're gonna talk about getting more and consistent clients. Um, really, it's it's a big, big thing that we've been talking about the whole week. And ultimately, what we talk about, you know, like on day one, how to talk to a real estate agent. On day two, how to talk to homeowners. On day three, email marketing. Yesterday, we talked about social media marketing. And all of that is really coming together into kind of a... a like a, if you think about marketing as a, as a symphony, basically, there's many different parts, right? And then so you are the conductor. And then so the different sections are going to come together and then make beautiful music. And that's essentially what you're going to be doing when you start uh, building up your marketing system. So marketing should be a very like concerted effort. It shouldn't just be like you're only doing online marketing, you're only doing email marketing, but it's actually it's going to mix both online and offline strategies. So this brings me to my number one point is that to build your marketing system, you have to combine the different strategy. It can't just be, 
you're only doing things online or you're only doing things offline. Like you must have a very concerted effort. Because you have to think about it. Just think about how you are as a consumer going about your day to day life.、Um, let's say let's use a brand for example, Target.、Um, so if you think about it, Target sells a lot of different things, right? They sell groceries, they sell toys for kids, they sell like、um, baby stuff, they sell you know home decor, so a wide variety of things. But you're gonna see ads for Target in a variety of different places, right? So not only you see them on the internet. So when you're online reading a blog, for example, maybe a Target ad might pop up.、Um, you may also get their newsletter when there's you know sales and coupon promotions, all that kind of good stuff. You might also follow them on social media, like you might follow them on Instagram. You might be on their Facebook page.、Um, you might follow them on Twitter.、Um, so it's a really great way for you. To You know, stay in touch with this brand. So if there's any promotions come up or sales, you can take advantage of it, right? But think about like in person as well. Like when you walk into the store, they they are like marketing message throughout the entire store that's hitting you over and over and over again. You know, like the big tagline,、uh, what is it? Expect more, pay less. You know things like that, so it's a very concerted effort, and not just online as well. You might be driving, listening to radio, you're hearing, you know, a Target ad. You might be watching television show like your favorite show on TV, and during advertisement, you see a Target ad. So there's many different layers, many different strategies to go about it. But ultimately, it's a very calculated effort because Target is not going to just run ads. For you know,、um, I mean, ads can be a lot of money, right? So they're not just going to waste their marketing dollar. They do a lot of research in terms of, for example,、um, what kind of TV TV show are they going to target for advertising?、Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, you know that show, the comedy show, is going to have very different target audience than a reality show like Fear Factor, right? So they need to figure out what exactly is their audience watching. So this is, brings me to、uh, point number two: is that you really need to know your audience. So, like a lot of times, people are just like, "Oh, you need to target real estate agents," but that's a really broad population. There's a lot of real estate agents. Within real estate agents, there's also specialization. There's people who only does buying, who only does selling as well, or there's agents who do both. And within selling, there's different you know niches and sub niches as well. There are real estate agents who only focus on a certain neighborhood, a certain architecture,、um, or there are、uh, real estate agents who only focus in luxury or ultra luxury. So there are many, many different types of real estate agents. So you have to figure out who exactly are you do you want to work with, and what exactly is your sweet spot. Um, so, like for example, my home staging business was based in San Francisco Bay Area, and as you like, if you know Bay Area, like Bay Area is actually very different. So, a lot of San Francisco stagers actually don't leave San Francisco to do staging jobs. But other counties, like you know, I was on the Peninsula or East Bay or North Bay, you know, like Marin. Going over Golden Gate Bridge, people might come into the city to do jobs there.、Um, so it's a different type of animal when you you know moving into a different county or different like demographic. So even within Bay Area, there's many different types of climates,、uh, many different types of real estate market, like mini micro real estate market. It just really depends on the neighborhood. 
So for me, I eventually figure out like what I really excel at is to do homes uh, in Daly City and Pacifica, and then also Sunset and Richmond District of San Francisco because these homes have very similar architecture, very similar floor plan, very similar similar square footage. So by focusing on that niche and by focusing on top producers in those neighborhoods, I was able to grow my business very fast because I figure out exactly what I'm really good at. Like we can do a house within basically four to five hours, including traffic, you know, coming from the warehouse to the home deliver and then pack up and take photographs and stuff. So we're able to really package our service for the top producers working in that neighborhood. So it became very attractive to work with us because we are the sager who specialize in those neighborhood. We know exactly what we're doing. Our sager look good. And the real estate agent feels safe because when I say I'm going to deliver by three o'clock, I'm going to deliver by three o'clock. And they know that the photos will be done. I will deliver the photo the next day and then that's it. So they don't have to worry about it. So by knowing exactly what my audience needs, you know, because I was working with a lot of top producers. So one of the big things for them is they're listing multiple houses at the same time. Um, there's one time one of my top client, he was listing 10 houses going on the market in the same week. Not every home need a stage, need a staging, but that, that week particular, like we staged like four different houses for him. So we had to be able to control our turnaround time because I know top producers care about that. Not only we need to be able to turn around very fast and the work needs to be good, and then we also need to be able to deliver photos because that's what we included in our pricing package. So you really have to know your audience and go after exactly what kind of problem can you solve for them? And then what are some of the things that really speak to them in terms of your marketing? So number three, um, I really recommend this because I tend to, I don't know, this may sound really ooh in California, but I'm a Sagittarius. I'm, I'm also a very direct person. And so it's really, it's really difficult for me to sugarcoat things. And um, that is my personality. And my personality is kind of permeates everything that I do. You know, if you haven't noticed, you listen to the podcast or read my blog post. I think my voice is very consistent throughout. Um, it's really, I mean, definitely one of those people who wear my heart on the sleeve. So it's like really hard for me to pretend. Um, and then so I work with a certain type of clients who are also pretty much like me. We just tell it like it is, you know, if there's a problem, tell me immediately to my face and we can resolve it right there kind of thing. And so I think it's really important to run your business and be very personal and authentic at the same time. And because especially I think nowadays people have this radar. I mean, I, I think people are just so surrounded by social media all the time, marketing messages, advertising. People can tell really quickly if you're not being sincere, if you're being fake. So I'm really a big, big, big pusher. Like for our course, Six Figure Floor Plan, for example, I really focus on like in module zero when we're doing the mindset work, I really focus on telling our students like, you know, you really need to figure out what separates you from another stager down the street. I mean, both, I mean, sure, both of you are providing staging services, but you are going to have different spin than your competitors, simply because, you know, your training, your education, your experience, your sense of style, you know, it's, I think it's much easier for you to excel in a competitive industry when you really have 
a strong personality or like a very strong point of view. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, if you look at artists, for example, like Picasso versus Monet, I mean, they're both very prolific artists. Both produce a lot of artwork during their lifetime, but their style is very distinctive, and that's what that's what really makes a master, I think. And so, in our six for pro plan course, I really want our students to focus on like what exactly is my sweet spot, like what are my strengths, and how can I leverage that strengths. To really help me stand out from a very competitive marketplace, because ultimately, if every stager looks the same when you know the client's going through this proposal process, they're just gonna pick simply the cheapest one. But if you step in with a really strong differentiator, more likely, even though you may be more expensive, the client's gonna be more likely to pick you because they see the value that you're providing. They see the value that you're bringing to the table. So I think it's really, really important to understand exactly like where are your strengths and what are your sweet spots, like and how can you leverage those, and then just be real and personable about it.、Um, I mean, it's I I find it difficult and exhausting to fake something. So. For me, it's really important to do business、um, with people that are like-minded, who are collaborative, and who don't treat me like the help.、Um, because that's not how I run my business. So I'm very like str- I feel very strongly about certain things, and I don't do it in my business, for example. And number four, like I said, early like earlier, and then also like throughout the entire week, is you always have to provide value when you're sending out an email newsletter. I mean, sure, tell them about your promotion, like all these great things happening in your company, but you need to serve it in a way where they're getting value from it. Say, when you're writing a blog post, you're showcasing a case study about a project you just did. Don't focusing on how awesome you are. Like focusing on what exactly it was the problem that you solve for the client. I mean, there needs to be a very clear takeaway for every piece of marketing that you're doing. Not only you need to have call to action, like we talked about yesterday, you also need to have a very clear value. Because I mean, just think about this. A lot of times, people are like, "Oh, I'm having such a difficult time pitching people, pitching offices." Um, to come in and do a presentation, or my presentation is really not working. And when I ask more questions, I realize, okay, maybe sometimes the positioning of the pitch is wrong. I mean, if you come into a homeowner association and then you say, "Hey,、um, I really want to come in and do a seminar to sell my home staging service and tell your, you know,、um, uh, homeowners all about my staging service. Like, are you interested?" Most likely or not, people are gonna say no because they don't want to sit through like a half an hour, one hour、uh, commercial. It's kind of like those timeshare presentations, right? Like it just people are simply sitting through it so they can get like a free hotel stay kind of thing. So you really have to build in that value when you're presenting your marketing or doing marketing presentation. So a better way to pitch doing a seminar in the HOA would be like. Hey,、um, you know, I have this seminar that really teaches how homeowners can、uh, increase the value of their home while they're living there. So that you know, maybe they want to make improvements of the home, or they want to remodel, or etc., etc., etc. Like I have these really great ways for them to really increase the value. So if they want to sell it later on down the road, they can. They not only can enjoy their home, but also increase the value when they sell it. I mean that is a much more attractive offer. People are going to be like, "Oh, what is it? Of course, I want to make more money when I sell my house, right?" So 
those are the things that you have to think about from a buyer point of view, from your client's point of view. Like, what exactly, what kind of problem are they looking for to be solved, and then how can you speak to them through your language? Um, so I think that is very, very important. So always, always, always provide value. And number five, just be consistent with your marketing schedule. I mean. I sent out a weekly newsletter, and I think that's a lot. But the thing is, like for my type of audience, because we are from an education standpoint, weekly it's it's actually fine. But I think for most stagers, every month is perfect. And you can also like so you have a maybe a monthly newsletter that goes out on the first of every、uh, every month, and then in between you can pepper an occasional email. Like say you have a really big win, like a really awesome case study. Like you just staged this house and you oversold half a million dollar, and so write a blog post about it. You know, write a case study about it.、Um, tell exactly. I mean, like I said earlier on one of the live streams. You can actually go to our website stagemore.com. If you click on the menu under the blog, there is a section where we showcase home tours. And if you click on it, I think that's a really good example because we 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 do try to tell the story of the home that we're featuring. Like what exactly is the problem that homeowner was facing, or the stager find challenging about, and then what are some of the learning key takeaways that people can take after they read that blog post. So. I think it's really, really important to always be giving value, and when you have a consistent marketing schedule, it's also going to help you because we like in marketing we talk about hot, cold, a、uh, hot, warm, and cold leads, right? So a hot lead would be like someone who already knows you, or maybe been following your newsletter for years, like they already know you in the marketplace and they're a fan of you, and then a warm lead is going to be like a referral. Um, you know, like a friend of a friend, basically somebody sort of in your sphere influence. And cold is just basically a complete stranger. So in our six-figure floor plan course, like we spend a whole module kind of figuring out like your brand, your business model, and how to find your ideal client. And then we really draw, you know, talk about these three types of different leads and how to build your marketing for that. Obviously, you want to、um, when you. Get a cold lead that、like、we talk about、um, opt-in on your newsletter, for example. That is a cold lead coming in. But when you have a consistent marketing schedule, like they're getting the emails consistently and they start following you on social media, and maybe they start seeing your stage homes in the market, you're warming them up like gradually. It's just like cooking. Like before, right before you cook,、um, you know you need to heat up the pan and then prepare all the materials. And so it's really like a concerted effort. Like you have to do the prep work for it. And then so my last final tip for you is to come to the free training on Tuesday because I'm really gonna. So we talk about a lot of different things this week, and on Tuesday I'm gonna really dive into four different strategies I think are really useful and sometimes even overlooked. So、um, I'm really going to delve into that on our free training. So if you haven't signed up yet, just go to sagemore.com/freetraining or go to our Instagram profile, which is instagram.com/sagemore. In the profile, there's a link. Click on it, and then you can register. And the other big announcement I want to make is that we are opening officially the enrollment today for our six-figure floor plan course.、Um, it's a mastermind course that's happening twice a year. So each mastermind is eight weeks live. So there's a module every single week, except for two weeks where you need to catch up. 
And trust me, you're going to need the catch-up weeks. And we're going to have six office uh, hour calls as well. And so I was trying something new this year when I have a guest mentor coming on our mastermind to do like um, additional coaching. So we have Anthea Click from FP, uh, FP Staging. She's a frequent speaker at uh, Risa and she's probably one of the most awesomest people I know in the home staging industry. And she's gonna come on and talk about building your brand and luxury home staging. So we have a one hour class with her and then we're gonna have a live Q&A with Anthea as well. In addition to your six office hour calls too. And then throughout the year, you can, you know, access the course content however many, many times you want. And then so every year in February and October, we have these um, eight-week intensives. And they're really designed, the timing is really designed when the business are slow and you're kind of ramping up toward a busy season or like toward the end of year so that you have time to really plan out your 2020. So it's a really good deal. Um, we have an early bird happening right now. And if you're on the live stream, you get an, an additional $100 off if you pay in full. Um, so the coupon code for that is VVIP100. So very, very important people, 100, VVIP100. And the sign up link is actually in our Instagram profile. So just go to stage for more. I'm sorry, go to Instagram.com slash stage for more and click on our link in the profile and you can see the full page that breaks down what exactly is in the course. All right. So if you have any questions today about marketing, go ahead and put them in the comment. I'm going to go through my recap and during the recap, punch in your question for today's live stream. So my five tips for you is one, build your marketing system uh, with your combined strategies from both online and offline. Like again, it's, this is a concerted effort. The other thing too is you never know where you might run into your ideal customer or where they might see this. It could be from social media. It could be from one of the homes that you staged. Um, like for example, every stage home we had, we always have folder frames. So we basically incorporate our branding into our staging. Because a lot of times we, I also have these plastic stands with my branding on it for people to put in their brochure and business cards. But a lot of times, like real estate agents move them or photographers hide them and they forgot to put them back. So I always incorporate, like I put in my postcards into picture frames and then put them on a nightstand or on a desk or on kitchen counter. This way it looks like it's part of the staging and then people um, are less likely to remove them. I also chuck my business cards at different places through stage home. So those are kind of our offline marketing and people pick up business cards during home tours, um, sellers and agents, neighbors, whoever. And so I've gotten quite a few jobs through that as well. So marketing, again, it's a very concerted effort. Um, so it's always about, you know, building different layers of strategies and then really mix it up. Um, because the more ways you can get yourself out there to your target audience, remember it's a targeted audience, then um, the more effective your marketing can be. And the reason why I really push for a system um, in our courses is because that system, having a systems that you have some sort of automations or reminders or checklists, it's going to make it less likely for you to forget to do your marketing. Because when you forget to do your marketing, it's very dangerous. You might forget um, to do that. And then, then your pipeline is going to dry up. And then so a few weeks down the line, you're going to feel like, oh, oh, it might be like crickets. 
So I've done, definitely done that many different times uh, at different points in my business. So it's always very painful and you have to try to drum up business again. So it's always better to just have a consistent, a consistent system that you, it's like a tongue twister, a consistent system to basically make sure that you're not dropping a ball on your marketing. So number two, I say this so many times, like you need to know your audience. So if you just think about how uh, you are targeted as a consumer, I mean, there's going to be different demographics. Like, for example, we talked about TV shows earlier or like um, there's different personalities as well. If you look at brands like Target and Walmart, these are total two total different type of buyers. So um, based on that, like depending on who you're targeting, your brand is going to shift accordingly as well. The language is going to be a, di- a bit different. So definitely know your audience and you can really tailor your marketing, the language, the visual toward that as well. And number three, just be real. Like we are real people, guys. I mean, ultimately, no matter with social media or email marketing or in person, you need to be real. Like You need to be personable. If marketing is not your thing, that's all right. There are many different things you can do. Like I'm actually a very introverted person. Like I don't like to be in a big room with a bunch of strangers. That's partly also why you never see me at conventions um, because it just actually makes me very uncomfortable. I've gone to networking events where like I just show up, ate the free food and I feel so awkward about talking to people and I left. It's a terrible way of marketing. Um, so, you know, in those situations, like if you are like me, who are who just feel comfortable talking to people, what I would suggest for you is find a wingman or a wingwoman with you. Say you meet a title rep who also needs to meet real estate agent and you guys have basically a similar target market um, that you're going after. So go to networking events together. You guys can do marketing together. Um, you know, alone officers, you know, people who need to do business with real estate agents, real estate photographers, for example, that actually is a perfect team because you do the staging, they do the photographing, combine together. It's a great way for both of you to make money. Um, the other thing too, is like, don't forget referrals. Like we talked about warm leads earlier, like referrals are great lead generation um, because when with referral, you don't have to market so hard. Generally, when you're spending marketing dollars, cold leads are usually the most expensive ones. And so having someone that's already warm, usually, you know, like half of your job is already done. So it's really, really important to have really good relationship with vendors, with people you're doing business with, especially people who have the same target audience, but are not your competitors. I mean, these are great people to go to networking events together to help each other with your marketing. And number four, always figure, always figure out how you can deliver value to your customers. And I would say this, never over-promise and under-deliver. I always under-promise and I try whatever I can do to over-deliver. I mean, my students can tell you this. I mean, I, I think this is what differentiates me a little bit from um, the other training uh, companies because like my branding is a bit different, my personality is a bit different, how I run my course is a a bit different. I am very transparent, I'm very upfront that because I don't believe in self-certification because a lot of schools, they basically just certify their own course. That doesn't make any sense to me. So we don't really offer, we don't offer a certification because it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there's no government agency who's doing it. So for me, it's not it's not a big deal. It's more, 
important for me to focus on building value for our students. And then now our, all our course alumni, our business course alumni have um, this private membership club that is, is, we're starting something new moving forward. So there's going to be more exclusive training. So once you took our business course, no matter which one you did, Cash in a Cushion or Six Figure Pool Plan, you're basically in this private membership club that we have. Um, and then so you get additional free training as well. So it's really important for me that my students succeed. I don't want them to feel like, oh, I just took their money and then they don't ever hear from me again. Because that's just going to be heartbreaking for me if I'm that kind of training provider. All right. And number five, um, just be consistent with your marketing efforts. So if you do a monthly newsletter, try to do that um, Try to be consistent and be on the same schedule over and over again. Like um, if you're listening to our podcast, for example, you notice the podcast always come out around Wednesday. Um, sometimes it's a bit harder because scheduling and also because now we have an editor as well. Um, so sometimes it, it might be Thursday, but I usually try my best to make it live on Wednesday, Wednesday morning Pacific Standard Time so that people can um, have that regular kind of tendency. They, they know when to expect like there's going to be a new episode dropping on Wednesdays. So having that kind of schedule and rhythm is, is usually better too and also helps to warm up your audience if you are consistent with your marketing. And that's why the system is very important. All right. And last, last, last tip is come to the free training on Tuesday because you can actually ask me questions live. I talk very fast, but the good thing is that there's going to be a replay. There's just so much content I want to teach you guys. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, come on a free training on Tuesday. If you haven't registered, go to stagemore.com slash free training. I really, really want you guys to take a lot of value away. Even if you don't become one of our students, that's no problem. Just, I just want you to succeed. That's really important for me. All right? All right. So let's look at questions. Okay. So we have quite a few people today. Hey, guys. So exquisite, exquisite design by Leslie says, do you have newsletter that can be purchased to use? I don't um, at the moment, but that's a really good idea. So we might explore that later on. Um, for our six-figure floor plan course, there's a bunch of scripts and workflow already for our students, um, but not actually not a newsletter one. So that's actually a really great idea. And it's Nade's story. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for everything you're doing. Thanks for all this info. Great. And then Gwendolyn says, I love the idea of a wingman and wingwoman. Yeah, I mean... I, Social events are kind of daunting for me, and I literally just have gone to social events when I just show up, ate the free food, and left, which is terrible, I know, because you're not really socializing, but, you know, sometimes it feels very overwhelming for me. And uh, it's Nandes asking, sorry, I butchered your name, what are some good apps to use for floor plan if you get stuck? Um, I'm kind of old school. I actually draw a rough floor plan sketch. Obviously, that's not to scale. If you want to be super technical about it, there's a lot of like programs for interior designers that are uh, very suitable for that. I don't really do a mock-up for my clients unless it's for a design client. And for that, I actually use Photoshop um, or Illustrator. You can also use Google SketchUp. It's free. There's a little bit of learning curve, but actually it's not terrible. Um, 
because I've done it before and I taught myself, so it's actually not not too terrible. And there's tons of tutorials, like free tutorials online nowadays that you can tap into. I'm sure there are many more apps out there. I think there's um, people talk about Room Planner or something like that. Um, but yeah, like most of the time when I'm planning my staging, we just basically draw um, on the map and then kind of like just draw around like, okay, I think Sofa needs to go here, blah, blah, blah. Because usually when we take photos, so me and my sister, we work together for a home staging business. And so we will just go through the photos on the computer. We would... Um, when we do consultation, we would take it from every corner of the room. And then in rooms where we're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be a double bed or a queen bed, um, we usually measure the room as well. And it's not like super fancy measuring. I literally measure it with how many steps it takes for me to walk around the room. And then I wrote down on my legal pad. I'm a bit old school like that. And then so we just kind of, and when we get back to the office, um, you know, I measure how wide my food is actually. And then we figure out the actual, you know, length and width and stuff. And then we figure out how, what big, uh, what size of bed or furniture we need, need to um, bring in. Because in the Bay Area, the homes are sometimes a bit tricky because um, it's a very populated area. So the rooms are a bit small. And also we worked in historical buildings as well. So the doors are a bit small as well. So, we also kind of need to figure out measurements. Um, but in general, for room planning, I just really just do, just just draw, basically. That's how we plot it out. And the thing is that, I mean, the first few homes, you're going to feel a bit daunting. But more and more you do it, it's just going to be like, yeah, I know exactly. That's going to be a love seat to accent chair combo and stuff like that. When I buy inventory, I also try to buy things that are either fairly compact or things that we can break up. So, um, for example, we have a few actually sectionals where it's a bit modular. So if we bring the extra piece, it turns out it doesn't fit, we can take it away. No problem. Because one of the things that kill me is inefficiency. And I hate when you're on the job site and you forgot something in the warehouse, you need to drive back to the warehouse um, to get it. I mean, this has happened before where there's like two screws for a dining room table like we store our dining room tables um, where we take the legs off. So um, it's just the tabletop on its own and then the legs, we just grab it. And then sometimes when whoever do the destaging forgot, um, this, I, what I like to do is I like to take all the legs off and screw them back into the screw where the leg was and then tie them together with like our uh, plastic wrap. And then uh, on our tabletop, for example, on the back, on the bottom of it, where nobody sees, there is like an alphabet or a number. And then so usually it's like an alphabet. So it's like A, for example. And then each leg on the top where it like goes into the table, it actually has numbers like A1, A2, A3, A4. So it corresponds to the tabletop. And But sometimes still accident happens, like the screw might fall off or whoever destages it. But sometimes movers are in a hurry. They just remove all the screws, like put them into like this like plastic bag and tape it to the thing. And then it might have fallen off when we're, we're um, packing and loading. And then somehow we had to drive back to the warehouse for them. I mean, that it really irritates me because sometimes an hour, an hour and a half is gone. So those are kind of tricky situations. But yeah. All right. That's a really long answer. Sorry. 
Uh, Gwendolyn asks, is it common to provide floor plan to clients? Uh, yes and no. So for staging, I never provide floor plan. I also don't provide breakdown of what goes into the home. I mean, yes, on the proposal, I see, but it's like written out. So living room would be like uh, sofa, accent chair, console table, full plan, lifestyle accessories. Um, if you sign up for, oh, Gwendolyn, I, I know you just signed up for our six-figure four-plan course. So you're going to see this in module four. You're going to see our proposal, like how it's all lined up. And so it's all text. They don't see anything. If they want to see the photo inventory, I always say, hey, you know what? Our staging is very consistent. It's very similar style. Um, so you can just go on our website, look at our portfolio. Lots of type of furniture you're going to get. But I cannot give you an exact breakdown. And if you want that, that's fine. But my assistant has to take time to do that. And she will have to literally grab every single piece, take photo, or pull the photo off our computer, put it in the spreadsheet, and then give it to you line by line out item. That's probably going to take her five hours at $25 per hour. It's going to cost you $125. You want to do that? We can do that. Do you want to do it? Usually clients like, no, I don't want to pay $125 just to see a list of inventory you're going to bring in. And so, um, but for design client, because I used to do visual merchandising as well, I also design events. Um, a few times I've done a few friends' weddings and stuff like that. So, um, and I've done like decorating job or like holiday decor, like residential and also commercial skill as well. So for those, I'll actually put in a mood board um, that really clearly give them a very clear sense what it's look and feel is going to be like. Because I think with design type of work, especially when people have to live with the choice that you make, it, it needs to have a lot more communication. It's not like staging where it's, it's, it's a bit really like a dictatorship. It's basically whatever the home stager says goes, right? Because I'm doing it for the buyers. I'm not doing it for the sellers. And this is why we may put in things that you don't like, but ultimately it's to help you sell the house because we already done the market research. We know what this neighborhood, what kind of buyers are coming in to buy. And these are the color palette. These are the texture. These are the patterns that attract these buyers to buy. So um, whatever we're doing is do it for your buyer, not for you. So even though you might not go with your personal taste, you know, that's okay because we're doing it for the buyer. But when you're doing design work or decorating work or selling work, your client is going to live with your design choices. So I'd like to be very clear in terms of what I'm delivering. It's also good practice anyway. Like I'm really big with communication. You will see that in our course, uh, Gwendolyn and Six for a Four Plan. I'm always about laying out all the professional policy up front, telling people everything they need to know before they need to make a, a buying decision. Because I understand, I mean, a staging is several thousand dollars. It's not like buying, you know, a bag of fruits at your local grocery store. It's not like buying a pair of socks or buying, you know, like a thirty dollar um, chair or something like that. It's a big. It's a much bigger commitment. Like people really need all the information, then they feel safe to pull the trigger on the buying. So I usually like to give people all their information that they need to know, even if they over find out. It's fine. Um, but I just want to make sure they're comfortable. But yeah, normally I don't provide floor plan. If they want it for staging, sure. I mean, I'm going to hire someone for 25 bucks an hour to draft a floor plan. That's no problem. If the client wants to pay for it, sure. But every time I said that, no one's like, oh, sure. Everyone's like, oh, no, it's okay. I trust you. 
Uh, and someone says, "Great idea, module sexual." I'm totally new to this. Yeah, I think it's great.、Um, and also, when I'm buying, this is why it's really important to have a sweet spot and to really know what your, what kind of homes are you're staging all the time. Because if you're staging very small homes, like you really need smaller furniture. So sometimes even the big box store ones might still be too big. So you have to find different ways. So a lot of times with a tighter room, we never would do a full sofa. We do a love seat and accent chair combo because those are the type of situation where the floor plan would be much more successful. You also have to think about how people are going to tour the home as well, because real estate agent care about that. That's the other thing too. It's like you should talk to real estate agent, find out what they care about,、uh, when it, find out what they care about. Like we interview Courtney,、um, who is、uh, a real estate agent in last season. Last season, or is it this season? I forgot. Last season, I think season nine, and she runs a real estate brokerage down in LA, and she's a big. I mean, she's she's speaking all over the country for like National Association of Realtor, California Association of Realtor, and I think she's she. I don't know if she won, but she was running for the board president for her local association. So she's a big and experienced broker. And she hires stager. They have their own staging department, basically. And so I interview her on the podcast, and she was very clear. I asked her what exactly are the kind of stager you're looking for, and then she was very clear in terms of what exactly you know the stager needs to do to be able to fit their aesthetic. Because she had a very, I mean, if you look at the photos on their website, it's Acme Real Estate in LA. I mean, they have a very distinctive style、uh, in terms of styling and staging. It's, it's a very Is very on par with what we're looking at the trendy Airbnbs, you know, the hipster millennial lifestyle. Because that's the type of clientele she's going after. So she has a very, very distinctive look. And then actually, one of the things she said was dining room table. Like I was so surprised. I never think it would be a dining room table. Like she cared about.、It. She's like, yep, never. I want a you know a, at least four to six people dining room table in the home. Otherwise, it feels too small, and the buyer's not going to buy. So those are the kind of things that you need to figure out with a real estate agent with your target market. All right, we have one more question. The condo market is what I'm after. Any tips for smaller floor plans? So,、um, smaller floor plans basically, ultimately, proportion and scale is very very important.、Um, we do a free training for cash and cushions course that. I need to republish again. Just I was gonna re-record it, but there's so many people are asking for it. I might just put a replay up on our website anyway. So、um, one of the things I really push for in styling is proportion and scale. Because when those two things are off, people like something is off, but I know I don't know what it is. And most people, like buyers, for example, if they're not really into, they're they don't really they're not really educated in design, or they just like whatever. But they just know, like they know inherently, like something seems off, and this is why, especially you're working in well, actually smaller big homes, all the same. Like if you're doing multi-million dollar mansions stuff like that, your inventory still needs to be in scale to the room, so you'll have much larger inventory. And similarly for condos, for smaller floor plan, you're gonna have smaller furniture that goes with the scale of of the room. So if you look at Target, for example, they sell these modular furniture, and they're very small and compacted. Like the scale, actually, like their quote unquote sofa, really is a love seat, like a glorified love seat. So you really need to figure out 
who who exactly like what kind of condos are you staging? Because condos can be many different kinds of condos. It can be very fancy, super new development where it's very like millennial looking. You know, very like you know they have great flooring and then raw wood materials and then faux marble countertop kind of thing. Uh, versus like your condos may be built in the sixty and seventies that haven't really gotten a facelift after after a while. So. It just depends. Depends on what kind of condo you're working with, but usually, even though if the rooms are small, they still need to be functional. Like people still want to have an area where they can sit down and eat dinner, even though they don't. Even they don't actually use it, they might use it for a desk, for example, or they still want a living, you know, like a living room seating arrangement because they still want to entertain. Just because they live in a smaller space, that doesn't mean that they don't want to do any of those things that. People with bigger homes do, so you still have to take those into consideration. And we talked about tra- traffic flow earlier. You really have to think about how people are going to use the space, especially during open houses. I mean, the first public open house and the first brokers open house are the two most important open houses for you to build your business as well. Not only for a real estate agent to sell the house, but also for you as a stager to build business. And if people come in, usually those type of events, there are a hundred, two hundred, even three hundred people are going through it in a very short period of time frame. We're talking about two hours or three hours max. What if they don't? They're so crammed that they can't even walk around. So you you really have to think about traffic flow as well, especially during an open open uh during a public open house because. There's gonna be groups of people coming in. If you think about most people who tour homes, they don't just come in by themselves. They usually come in with a friend or a partner, or their children, or coming with their parents. That's it's usually not a single person who's looking at homes. Usually, coming with someone, and so there's gonna be room to breathe as well. And so when you're putting your floor plan together, it's the same way we're living in our home. We're not cramming furniture in every single corner in our room. There's gonna be room to walk around for traffic and to flow through the house. All right, that's a really long answer for your question. Um, new development in the city, lots of exposed concrete. Yeah, so you will have to really do research. And the other thing too, you can look at、um, the competing. The I mean, what the builders are doing now because usually they're, they're really on trend. Um, for example, I actually just moving to a new development,、um, and which I never done before. I always live in kind of like a fixer upper or like a historical home, being in the Bay Area. And I live. This is the first time I live in a new development, and so they have a lot of like trendy furniture that are you know on trend right now. So like the dining room table, it's like raw, unfinished, which I think is terrible for living. By the way,、um, it's not like stained. It's not protected. And then you know they have these like specific line, for example, and specific texture, and they use poofs for additional accent seating as well. Because I rented the apartment, it already came fit,、uh, furnished. All right, so I think that's all the questions today. We went a little bit longer than our usual length today.、Um, so yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the live stream. And again, so we are opening up. The enrollment for six for a floor plan. If you plan to join us, just go to our website to check that out. You can go to our profile link on Instagram, Instagram.com/stagemore, or you can type in stagemore.school. That's our URL. Um, so we just changed over to a new website. Just started to pour over. So there's there might still like some warnings that says oh it's not secure for some reason.、Uh, 
Um, but that should be done within 24 hours. So, but yeah, if you're worried, just shoot me an email and then you can always DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email as well. And don't forget, you have a coupon code for an additional $100 off um, on a full payment. So definitely use it as a VVIP100. All right, so that's it, guys. So I will see you on the training on Tuesday. Bring your questions, all right? Bye, have a great weekend, guys. Bye.